four kids, three fathers, and none of them are birth certificate fathers. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I'm your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 66. And today I would like to start with an article I read last night in Severance Magazine. And Severance Magazine is an online magazine. You can find it at severancemag.com. It's a magazine for well, for NPEs, which is a term pertaining to misattributed parentage resulting from situations such as formal or informal adoption, kidnapping, undisclosed step-parent adoption, paternity fraud, donor-assisted conception, non-consensual sex, and most commonly, an extramarital affair. And I'm that last one. I'm a NPE from a one-night stand an extramarital affair. But this magazine is for people like me and like my guest today. Uh, But I wanted to talk briefly about this article. The article is called Q&A with Investigator Christina Bryan. And depending on what point in the future you're listening to this podcast, this article is from January 5th, 2021. So I found something in this article that I just wanted to quick point out to everyone before we get to our guest, because I thought this was a good little piece of information. Uh, Let me scroll down till I find it. Okay, so Christina Bryan, she is a, she's actually the co-host of Sex, Lies, and the Truth, but she's being interviewed here in this article, and she is a family investigator, and she gave a quick piece of information for people that are trying to reach out to brand new family members and how to do that. The question is, let me find this. How do you advise clients to go about contacting any biological relatives you find? And she responds, I recommend sending a snail mail letter sent via FedEx with a signature required. The direct adult signature required option. If you choose the FedEx indirect signature option, it may go to a neighbor if the addressee is not home. And then she talks a little bit about the uncertainty around email and social media messages. And I'll stop there, though, just to point out that that was a great idea. I've heard other guests talk about sending certified letters, but this one was through FedEx, a letter sent with a signature required. So if you are in that process right now, reaching out to maybe your biological father maybe a new half-sibling, that would be an option you want to consider. That is not the option I took. I just, in my shock, quickly sent out an email and messages, and that was just where my brain was that day one and a half years ago. (laughs) But for someone who's putting a little more thought into it, that might be helpful for them. All right. 
now for today. Today, we are setting time aside to listen to Beth's story. Hi, Beth. Are you there? Hi, Lily. Yes, I'm here. Thank you very much for being willing to share your story today. Sure. I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you. I was looking over your email and I was really sad to find out um, you and most of your siblings have recently found out you are all NPEs with different dads. Is that true? Yes, that is correct. Through an ancestry test or 23andMe? Yes. uh I uh, was the first one to do the ancestry and, um, you know, realized the results. And then I shared it with my siblings. And uh, they also had different results. <laughs> so uh, it's quite an experience. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So take me back. If you don't mind, um, let me know a little bit about your your original family. And um, also, if you could tell me where you're from, what year you were born, I could just kind of get an idea, a sense of your life then. Oh, sure. Um, I actually was born in 1966 um, on the East Coast from uh, the D.C. area, and I'm 54 years old right now. Um, I grew up, and and the family, so I really look at everything. I still have the same family. Like, I still have the same parents. I still have the same siblings. So, um, you know, I still refer to them (laughs) as my parents and my siblings, you know, my sisters and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, I'm the oldest of four children. Um, you know, I am a little bit older, so we were kind of spaced out. I was, uh, an only child for six years and then my second sister came along, uh, and then the others followed after her. Um, but basically, you know, kind of a middle-class family. Um, I do kind of recall, um, you know, as a child, my parents argued a lot. Um, my mother drank a lot, like she was an alcoholic. Um, so I always knew that, you know, it was kind of a tough, um, environment, you know, cause they were always yelling at each other. You know, my dad would get upset at me, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but then, you know, my second sister came along six years after me. Um, so that was kind of nice, you know, then I had somebody else to, you know, take care of. And, you know, I would, you know, always kind of babysit her, um, two years after she was born, um, another sister was born. And then two years after that, another sister was born. So there's about 10 years between me and the youngest. Um, but, you know, I grew up kind of always taking care of them. Um, when the third, after the third sister was born, my mom, um, I guess, kind of realized that she was an alcoholic and she was able to get help. So she started going to AA meetings. Um, you know, she really started spending time and, you know, getting sober and, you know, that really became a big part of her life. Um, my dad would go to Al-Anon meetings. So, you know, there was a lot of, it started getting a little bit more calm, <laughs> you know, like there was more kids, but at least, you know, the, between my parents, it seemed like, you know, it was getting a little bit better and, you know, not too crazy, <laughs> uh, kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, my dad um, was adopted. And so me and my sisters, um, you know, didn't always look alike, (laughs) you know, as kids, we kind of joked, um, one of the four of us has red hair. One of the four of us kind of has blondish hair and she sort of tans. 
And then the two of the other two are, you know, brown hair and fair skin. And, um, you know, so there was always kind of a oddness about us. <laughs> you know, we always actually would even joke, oh, you're from the mailman. You're from the milkman. You know, like it was always um, something that we kind of recognized. But because my father was adopted and we didn't know his background, like it was, that was sort of the reason, right? It was kind of like, okay, well, you look like mom and you look like mom, but you know, the other two, maybe they're from dad's side. And that's why one of them has brown, you know, brown skin and, you know, whatever, right? I mean, it was just kind of like a joke almost, right? We didn't have any idea at that time, um, you know, that there was anything other than, just dad's adopted, <laughs> you know, so that also, I think, kind of framed um, a lot of the way sort of I looked at like heritage, you know, I see a lot of things today with people in the um, NPE groups where heritage, you know, is kind of a big part of their lives. I didn't really have that, right? Because there was so much I didn't know about my father since he was adopted. I knew my mother's side and you could certainly look at me and say, oh, yeah, she's probably, you know, East, you know, European or, you know, Irish or English, you know, something like that. It just, that all kind of made sense. But I didn't have like a strong uh, connection to any certain, um, you know, uh, country or heritage. It just wasn't, you know, that wasn't really part of it. And even growing up, my last name, you know, people would say, oh, your last name you must be Irish or you must be British or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, but that's not really my last name because my dad was adopted, you know? So that just was, was a constant, um, you know, part of my life. And I think that that also, you know, not having that real knowledge, you know, about what the heritage was, that sort of actually helped me uh, once I much later found out about the MPE status. I think it just, um, you know, made things a little bit more, uh, easy for me. Um, when I was in high school, um, I actually got pregnant. I was a junior in high school and I got pregnant and in the middle of the, kind of towards the end of the school year, it was becoming very noticeable. And so they took me out of school and I was able to finish the last couple months of my junior year um, at home. I guess the it was before homeschooling, <laughs> but, um, you know, the teachers would send home the work assignments so I would be able to stay, you know, on track and everything. Um, I was raised Catholic, so I went to Catholic grade school. Um, you know, we went to church every Sunday. And I think pretty much a combination of being Catholic and having my dad, my father be adopted, um, it, it was a pretty easy decision for me to have my child um, be placed for adoption, which is what I did. So my daughter was born um, in August between junior and senior year of high school. And so I gave birth and I placed her for adoption. I never really knew much about where she was going. Um, it was back in the 80s. And so it was a closed adoption. Um, I got a little bit of information, like the, the parents were teachers. Um, you know, they lived in one of the states kind of nearby, um, but I, I didn't really know much more than that, right? So, um, so I placed her for adoption, and basically, 
gave birth. And then a couple weeks later, I went back and I finished my senior year of high school. So um, that was a little strange. <laughs> you know, it's not something that normally kids do over summer break, um, you know, get have a have a child give birth and, um, and go through the whole adoption thing. But but it all worked out. And I was able to finish high school on time. Um, after that experience, though, it was always um, I was always a little bit that didn't quite fit in as much. Right. Because it was such an experience um, that was changed, you know, the way that I was and the way that I saw my other classmates at school. Um, they were just kids. <laughs> I mean, like I, I just went through this whole, um, you know, kind of transformation. It was it was quite a difficult time. Um, but I was able to finish high school and then I was able to um, get accepted to a college. And the college was in another state, um, you know, several hours away from you know where I grew up. And I was so happy to get out and just go away, you know, away from the kids I went to school with, kind of away from all my sisters. Um, it, it was just, uh, I was very happy and very glad to go to this school that was, you know, away from my family. Um, that said, I went a little crazy and I also um, started using drugs and alcohol. It was, you know, a combination, I guess, of just, you know, just being free and, you know, having this opportunity to kind of do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and somewhere along the way, one of my teachers, I went to a small school and one of the teachers had kind of heard um, that I was doing a lot of partying and that kind of thing. And so I actually um, started going to AA meetings myself in, in college because I already kind of had that background about like where to get help and, and kind of what to do. Um, so in the middle of college, I started going to AA and I actually got sober and have been sober since. Um, so it was just, you know, again, like a, a kind of a crazy time, but it all worked out. You know, I, I was able to graduate on time, um, finish my schooling, and that was great. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. <laughs> In your sobriety. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a long time, but that was good. Wow. Um, so that's basically kind of where I come from. That is a lot of like what shaped my life. Um, and that's the beginning. And how did you find out you were an NPE? Well, so we flash forward to 2017, uh, when I started seeing the ads for Ancestry DNA, and it was kind of a, you know, a kind of a new thing. You, you, I started hearing more about it and, and learning, um, so I actually got the ancestor DNA test as a gift for my father for Father's Day because he was adopted. I thought, well, this will be great. We can find out the heritage. I didn't really know um, what ancestry DNA did, right? I mean, <laughs> my knowledge today is so far beyond what it was, you know, in 2017. I literally thought, oh, we'll just find out you know, where we're from or what the heritage is. I, that was it. So I got him a test. Um, I did a test myself and um, put him on the same account. And so um, I helped my dad. I was sort of the um, manager of his account. 
And so when I found some connections, uh, because he never knew anything about his biological family, he did have a name of his biological, his birth mother and his birth father. He had names for those people, but that was pretty much it. And, and I think he had a general, uh, you know, area of the country where he was, uh, where he was raised. So I was able to find a, a relative of his who actually knew, had heard stories about his um, birth mother. She was sent away and it was really a, you know, a very terrible situation in the family. And, um, you know, she had heard about it. So I was able to help my dad. Um, you know, I, I, we were able to talk to this woman on the phone about, um, you know, the, the family and, and what happened. Um, and it was a really good thing for my father. You know, it was just so nice for him, I think, to have some sort of connection to some people, um, you know, that, that knew a little bit about his family. Um, I sent, I remember I sent an email to my sisters cause I got my information. I said, Oh, we're, you know, 50% Irish and we're 55% British and, you know, Scottish or whatever the percentages were. Right. So I remember sending it out to my sister saying, Hey, look at this. You know, now we know. And that was it. Right. That was 2017. So in 2018, um, I have a cousin. And he mentioned to me that he was from, he was showing a town in Ireland that was on his ancestor DNA. Um, and one other thing that I forgot to mention earlier is that I actually, uh, have been reunited with my daughter that I had placed for adoption. Um, I actually got to meet her in 2005. Um, and we have since had a very wonderful, uh, relationship. Uh, she actually moved. Uh, to be closer to me. And, and we just, we have a really good um, mm. relationship now. Um, mm. You know, she just has two moms and that's kind of the way it is. So we've, we've gotten that all, you know, worked mm. out and everything. Um, mm. But my daughter had actually done the ancestry DNA as well, because she wanted to learn about her heritage. So this Easter Sunday, when I went to ancestry DNA, um, it was the first time that I realized I wasn't connected to my dad. I saw my daughter. She was there as a connection shows parent child. Um, I think by this time my mom had done the test. So I see the parent child with her, but there's no connection to my father. And I just, I thought, well, this is strange. Like maybe because he's adopted. Like I just still didn't quite understand what all this meant. Right. I, I just didn't realize it. So I, I remember. On Monday morning, I called Ancestry DNA, <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of people have done. You know, you get this information. It's like, what the heck's going on? Um, so I called Ancestry and I just said, you know, I have this, uh, my father, I manage his account, um, but I just don't see that we're connected. And on, the woman on the phone says, well, you might want to talk to your mom. And I was like, what? Like, I just, it was just the craziest thing. I, I mean, you're, you're, I'm going through this in my mind. Um, you know, I have to mention also my parents are still married to this day. Um, you know, they've been married, gosh, over 60 years now. They're still together. Um, and I just, I was like uh, shocked. I mean, I just didn't understand. Like my whole brain just ran through all these things. I started 
you know, looking on the internet. I was Googling stuff, you know, just trying to understand what was, what was happening. I, I didn't know. And mm-hmm. then I, I was spending more time on ancestry and I was seeing all these names that I didn't know who they were. And they were not on my father's page because I could go between the two, you know, my in, it results and his results. And no, these people aren't on his and well, here they are on mine. So that was kind of just such a, a shock. I mean, just, I, I can't explain like I, what I was going through mentally, you know? And I was like, well, I just, I have to talk to my mom. And we've always been very close because I'm the oldest. You know, I just think my mom and I have always had, you know, a pretty good relationship. So I go um, to her home the, the next weekend and I say, hey, let's go for a drive. You know, I got her in the car and, you know, we're driving around and I said, hey, mom, um, you know, I did that ancestor DNA thing. I said, I'm not connected to dad. I said, do you have any idea like what that, why that would be? Like he's not showing as my father. Oh, she says, those tests are always wrong. There, that's, that can't be right. And I was like, really? <laughs> I didn't think they were wrong. How could that be? So we didn't really talk more about it. It kind of just, I was like, okay, if that's what you think, you know, I'll drop it at that. And it was after that meeting with my mom, I realized, well, I'm just going to have to figure this out myself, right? I'm, I'm going to have to just dig in and find out what's going on. And so that really was kind of the beginning um, of my search. I, I had nothing really to go from. I just um, started, you know, looking at the information. I had a couple uh, second cousins. I don't think I had anything closer than a second cousin. And there was two second cousins, a man and a woman. And I remember emailing both of them through Ancestry. And I said, hi, you know, I'm Beth. Um, I was born you know, in DC around this time. Um, I think that we might be related, but I'm not quite sure. It seems that I don't know who my father is. You know, I just tried to give as much information as I could, um, you know, but really didn't know what much to say. Um, and the man never responded. And the woman um, finally responded. You know, she doesn't always check the uh, ancestry DNA. And I will say that that's a common theme that I found out is that, you know, um, ancestry DNA, a lot of people don't have their notifications on or email or whatever. So you don't always quite get responses very quickly. Um, but this one woman, you know, um, said, sure, I'll talk to you. And she gave me her phone number. Um, you know, she, um, got on the phone with me and I kind of talked through the situation um, I explained my age and my parents' ages, and I just told her it's probably somebody, you know, in their late seventies, early eighties. Um, you know, we're showing as second cousins, so maybe it's somebody related. I, I had to go through the whole, um, you know, where they have the, uh, I think it's the CMs, um, numbers. Yes. And, and so you can kind of get an idea of how you're related to somebody based on the value that is shown in ancestry DNA. So I mm-hmm. started, you know, kind of going through what the numbers meant and it, what's a second cousin and, 
So I was trying to share this with the woman. She didn't really know much about ancestor DNA either. Um, so, but she just kind of started going through and she said, well, it's either this guy or this guy. And, um, found out that it was in fact, you know, one of the people that, that she thought, um, it was my father and he was in the same DC area around the same time. Um, and, uh, it was her first cousin. And in that family, this woman that I was talking to was the youngest of the cousins. And she actually was about my age. And my biological father was the oldest of the cousins. It's a pretty big family. So there literally was like this, you know, 30 year age difference, you know? Um, and so that helped me, you know, kind of start piecing things together, you know, and the information that she shared, she talked to me about the family, um, you know, what he did, you know, I did all the searches. He didn't come up anywhere on the internet. <laughs> wasn't on Facebook, wasn't anywhere. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but she was able to get a hold of some of her family and was able to get an address for me. Um, and so I, um, and kind of, as you mentioned at the start of this podcast today, um, I sent a letter, um, with the U S mail, but it was one of those overnight, you know, where you had to sign for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I, I wrote a card of what I thought was a very nice card, um, and included a picture of me and my daughter. Cause that would be, you know, his daughter and his granddaughter and tried to explain. I knew where my mother was uh, working at the time that she got pregnant with me. Um, and, and, you know, she was drinking a lot. I remember as a child hearing she used to work in a bank. And, you know, they would go out. She used to tell me Friday nights, you know, they'd go for some drinks after work. Um, and so it's kind of interesting that that ended up, you know, being the, uh, the, the factor of where everything happened. Um, and so, um, I sent this letter, um, and I didn't get a response. That was the end of 2018. Um, it was around October by the time I kind of figured everything out and there was no response. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll just wait. I, I, I had gone through therapy. Um, so I did contact a counselor when all of this first started, you know, to really kind of help me, you know, deal with the shock of all this. Um, you know, at the time I was, I don't know, 52 or 53 years old and, never thought anything, you know, my parents, as I said, were still together. So, um, the therapist really helped me and she helped me, um, write the letter. I shared with her what I was thinking about doing. And the therapist was able to provide some really good feedback and truly helped me, um, you know, kind of piece it all together and, and make it, um, uh, a positive letter, right? I, I never asked for anything. I made it very clear. I'm not looking for anything. I said, I would just maybe like some health information. Um, you know, very basic, right? I, I, I'm, I just told them I'm not looking for anything else. Just if you could share some information with me, you know, I'd appreciate it. Um, so then I tried again, uh, like in the spring of the next year, which at that point would have been 2019. 
Um, and I sent another card. Um, and then sort of a, an interesting thing, I was in uh, the same state as my biological father. I had to go there for work. And so I actually drove to his uh, condo. I've never told anyone this. <laughs> um, I drove to his condo and it was one of those places where, you know, where they have the mailboxes um, outside the door and they have like names on each of the boxes. Yes. And, and yeah. I got there and I go to the address that I had been sending. I had sent now two letters um, and there's no name on the box. And I was like, oh, shoot, you know, maybe I got the wrong address. I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation. So I contacted um, the, the cousin who helped me originally. And I just told her, I said, hey, I'm, I went to his place. Um, you know, it was kind of in the evening. So I, I didn't dare like knock on the door or anything like that. Um, and she said, well, that's kind of strange. I'll maybe try to ask around some other family members. So they said, you know, that was, that was the address. Well, I found um, what is my aunt, my biological father's sister, um, found her on Facebook. And I actually messaged her on Facebook. And I just said, hi, I'm Beth. I'm, this is my situation. I think your brother might be my biological father. And I told her that I had sent two letters, but I haven't gotten a response. So I was just asking her if she could um, help you know, verify the address. That's all I asked for. Hmm. I got a response in like five minutes. <laughs> I was like shocked. I couldn't believe it. Um, and so she actually got a hold of her brother and called him and, and she responded to me and said, he has received your letters and he's actually, um, on a vacation right now. He has an RV and he's out, you know, going around the, the country. Uh, but he'll, he'll call you back, um, in a couple months. Like he was going to be gone for like six weeks. So it was going to, he was going to contact me after I, he got, she, he got back. And I, I just, I was floored. Like, thank you so much. I told her, you know, I really appreciated everything she did. Um, you know, it was just amazing that I actually got a response. Um, so after that, it was about, maybe two weeks <laughs> and he called me and mm -hmm. I, I answered the phone, which is another kind of strange thing. I don't always answer numbers that I don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and he says, Beth, this is James. And I said, Oh, hello there. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, you know, I'm just dying on the phone. And he was very matter of fact. Um, it's sort of funny because the cousin told me he's a grizzly bear on the outside, but he's a teddy bear on the inside. <laughs> and, mm. you know, that was kind of a good thing to know because when he was on the phone, he was very serious. You know, I hear about this. And, and he says, yes, I do remember your mother. She worked at the bank. Well, he was a customer, I later found out. Um, and, and so I said, oh yes, thank you. You know, thank you very much. He said that, um, you know, he didn't know anything about me. Um, but he would be willing to, um, you know, talk more with me, um, you know, after he, after his trip is finished. I said, okay, thank you very much. I said, um, I have an extra test 
an extra ancestry test. How about I mail it to you? And then you can take that test and just, you know, verify. Cause he did question, you know, wanted to make sure, you know, to verify the DNA, the DNA or, you know, that kind of thing. He said, okay, that's fine. So I had sent the test, um, just, I mailed it to him and, and he had gotten back to his home and, um, he basically called me back and said he didn't want to do ancestry DNA because it was too public. You know, he's very worried about all the information being out in the world and that kind of thing. And, um, and I said, okay, I said, um, I'm willing to come to see you, uh, to where you live, which is, we're very far away. We're on, you know, kind of other, other opposite sides of the country. Um, and so he arranged, we, we set a date. Uh, we were going to meet in October. I brought my husband with me and he arranged to have a DNA place, like a, you know, regular DNA testing site, um, you know, that we would go to and, and do the test. So when I arrived, um, you know, I, I told him I was there. He came uh, to the hotel and picked up me and my husband and I met his lady friend, <laughs> he's 82 years old or 83 years old and had, um, you know, started a relationship with this woman, um, you know, had just like the year before. So it was, uh, it was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the four of us, you know, get in the car, uh, he drives, drives us to the DNA site and we get there and we do the test. And that was like, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. And we said, okay, we'll just spend the rest of the day together. And we, you know, we're driving around and we're going to different places. And, uh, you know, we had lunch and, um, he took us around to some areas, you know, around his home. Um, and, and kind of at the end of the day, um, we get back to the hotel. He says, well, I think you just wasted a hundred dollars. And I said, really? He says, well, yeah, of course you're my child. Because throughout the day, as we're talking, and it was really good for me to have my husband. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, It was really good to have my husband because I was like, I get kind of quiet. Like I just take everything in and my husband was able to converse, you know, with my biological father and there were so many similarities. And so at the end of the day, and he says, Oh, you have my blue eyes and you must be mine. So it was just, you know, it's such a good response. It was like, I couldn't believe it. Like, and and the things that we did have in common, like a lot of our personalities are similar. Um, it, it was just amazing. And so um, at, that was at the end of the day. And, and we said our goodbyes. And then um, we said, okay, well, we'll see each other tomorrow. I was going to be leaving, I think, this the next day. We still had part of the next day. And he invited me to his home um, because up until this point, he was very cautious. Right. He only gave me a cell phone number. He never, you know, shared much more personal information. But the next day he, um, you know, gave me directions to his house. We drove to his home. 
Um, we went inside. He showed me, you know, some family pictures, you know, went through a lot of different information. Um, you know, he, I, I was very careful about the questions that I asked because I didn't want to um, push him away in any sense. Like I, I didn't want to ask too many questions, but just get a little bit information of kind of, you know, how did he meet my mom? Like he did say he knew her, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like I got some of that information. I didn't get a whole lot of information about their relationship. Um, his lady friend was there the whole time. So I didn't, you know, want to get into that too much. Um, but it was just a really nice introduction to each other. It was just a way for us to say, okay, you know, we think we have a connection. Um, you know, let's kind of see what happens. And so, um, I, you know, basically left after, you know, the next day and, um, and that was kind of, you know, the visit. Um, I did find out that he had two other children. So he was married at the time that he was, um, with my mother. My mother, of course, was married and, um, he had two sons from his, from his first wife. And, um, I guess, you know, they, they, he got together with my mom or whatever. And, uh, he ended up divorcing his first wife and ended up raising his two sons on his own. So he had kind of a rough time with that. Um, and I don't quite know the whole story around there that I think it, obviously he was cheating on his wife <laughs> and I come found out later that he was cheating with other uh, women as well. So, um, you know, that, that probably was a lot of it. Hmm. Um, I did also just kind of wanted to mention the, the lady friend that he has now. Um, I found out later that he didn't respond to me because he didn't quite know what to do. You know, he had just started this relationship with this woman and I think he was uh, to a certain extent, um, you know, very uh, ashamed of what had happened and, and the relationship and, and. He didn't really want to, uh, you know, say anything to her. And I found out later that when the sister contacted him, the lady friend was with him because they were in the RV and they were traveling. And so it was at that point that he had to tell her. And she said, of course, you know, like, of course, a child wants to know where they're from. So it was her support for both of us that really helped. And, and I always say, you know, when people are asking, you know, about contacting people, I, I just, I hate to be, um, uh, I don't know. I just have found good results with women. You know, I think all the people that helped me were women, right? My cousin, my aunt, uh, lady friend, you know, so I think that there's just, um, sort of a, a natural, uh, connection and a natural way of wanting to help somebody. Um, I hate to generalize, but I'll just say in my situation, um, you know, that was very helpful. That was something yeah. that, um, you know, really, really helped me a lot. Just to kind of continue <laughs> after that, um, visit. I did get confirmation from the DNA place that he was my biological father. Um, and so I did send him the results and, um, that, you know, 
that kind of sealed the deal, if you will, right? I mean, I think we had this initial, like, there's a lot here, but then when we got the DNA results, you know, then, um, then we just really kind of started a new relationship. You know, it was, uh, you know, something that was very, uh, very positive for us. Um, we have since seen each other, um, one more time. I went out last year and I'm actually going to go out and see him again, um, next month, even during this difficult time. I know it's probably not supposed to be traveling. Um, but you know, he's 83 years old and I, you know, really want to be able to spend as much time with him as, you know, as I possibly can. So, um, I'm going to be going out there again and being able to spend some time and, you know, visit with he uh, and his, his lady friend. So that's been very positive. Do you think you will ever meet your brothers? Um, yes. So last summer when I went out there, um, I met one of my brothers and, um, it's kind of funny because, you know, I used to be the oldest child and now I'm the youngest. Um, <laughs> uh, the two brothers are older than me. I have two older brothers now. Um, and one of the older brothers is a little bit estranged from, um, my biological father. They, they, they don't uh, get along too well and, and they're several states away from each other. So I haven't had the opportunity to meet him. But when I went out there last summer, I got to meet my, my brother and two of my aunts. Um, his, his two sisters. And that was kind of interesting. I mean, he was so excited to have a younger sister, <laughs> um, you know, cause he was the youngest and he didn't, uh, my brother, he didn't have any younger siblings. Um, it was interesting because, um, we don't really have a lot in common. I have to say me and my brother, um, he never went to college. He really didn't pursue a career. Um, I'm, I'm much more like my biological father in that sense. Like I'm very driven. Um, that was one of the things when I got to meet my biological father, like we're both, I call him a hard ass. <laughs> you know, we both kind of have that in common. Like we just, I've been working since I was 14, like, you know, just always working and, and pushing and that kind of thing. Like he always did that. He had two sons to support, you know, all those years. Um, and so, uh, I, I think he's surprised even that he and I have so much in common. Sometimes he says we have more in common than his, than the two boys that he raised, you know? Um, so, so it's been good. So the brother and I, we still communicate. We text a lot and, you know, we'll call, um, every now and then and just talk on the phone and that kind of thing. Um, so that's been, you know, a very nice, uh, you know, connection. Nice. Now, how about your parents? You said they've been married for 63 years mm -hmm. at least. How was that? How did that go with your mom and your birth certificate father? Um, it's so weird. I just can't explain to you. <laughs> um, so I did go back to my mom and shared with her all of this. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't telling my mom when I was doing all of this connection, right. When I was searching, when I found him, um, I never, I never didn't tell my mom. It wasn't until this past summer, um, when I got to meet him again and got a little bit more information, that kind of thing. So I went back to my mom and I told her, I said, this is his name. This is where he worked. Um, you know, this is what I've been told. And she still says, I don't remember anything. Um, 
She's okay. complete denial. I mm-hmm. did I did ask a few questions. I said, does dad know? No, dad has no idea. Okay. Um, he never knew anything. And she even said it was sort of strange because she was still, you know, sleeping with her husband. So the way she says it is she never really knew and she never really questioned, right? Um, mm-hmm. my parents actually had been married eight years before they, before she got pregnant with me. Um, so obviously my father, you know, had some trouble. Um, you know, he, he never really was able to, um, you know, make a child. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and so she just said, you know, she just never really questioned. She was just happy to have a, a child. You know, she was just mm-hmm. so happy to get pregnant. Um, but she basically has been in denial and, um, I haven't said anything to my father. Uh, he's 84 years old and there is, you know, there's really no reason for him to find out. I mean, I, I'm not going to be the one to tell him, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, um, something that is just not discussed. I mean, basically as far as that goes, I still, you know, see my parents, I, I take care of them. Um, you know, I, I it's just not, uh, not discussed. Uh, we just don't talk I- about it. Yeah. I got it. Now, <laughs> what and your other sisters that you said a few more of your younger mm-hmm. sisters have also found out their MPEs? Are they also just going to have you everyone just kind of decided not to um, not to, to talk to your Yeah, nobody talks to dad. We, I mean, nobody says anything to to our dad. Um mm-hmm. that certainly not. Uh yeah, so basically after I kind of found out about my situation, I told them I told one of my sisters and I got tests for all three sisters. I sent them all tests. And um, what we found out is that the two in the middle actually have the same father. So they're full siblings. Uh, They're two years apart. And I guess my mom must have had a long-term relationship with their biological father. Um, And the youngest sister, um, her biological father, when, when she got her results, um, a very familiar name popped up. <laughs> so, um, her father was my mom's AA buddy. And mm-hmm. I remember the man, um, I, I mean, he was at my first wedding. He was at my sister's wedding. Um, mm-hmm. he was a part of the family, like just around, he had a wife and children. Um, but he and my mom were very close, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I guess they had been carrying on, you know, for many years. And, um, it, that was, that was kind of tough, I think, because in my mind, I always thought, well, maybe the three of us, because my mom was still drinking, you know, like it kind of made sense that, yeah. okay, she's drinking and she's fooling around and, you know, okay, that's, I can handle that. But when it came to the last one and it was a family friend, um, I don't know. That just was so strange to me. Like I just, I just couldn't imagine my mother had been cheating on my father. Like, I don't know. It just, uh, it was a tough uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but the sisters, so another sort of ironic, um, twist to all of this is the fathers are all deceased. Oh, so I'm the only one, I'm the oldest, I'm the only one that has a father that's still alive. Oh, so all your, all your siblings are from different dads. No one has your birth certificate father as their biological. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I didn't make that clear. Yeah. Um, I get it. Yeah. Four kids, three fathers, and none of them are birth certificate fathers who is still oh, wow. husband <laughs> today. Yeah. Um, I can't share this, but I looked at the picture you sent me of you with your sisters. And yeah, I mean, you've got a redhead, a brunette, a blonde. I mean, yeah. there's, I mean, they look, you don't look related. I think maybe two of them kind of did, but yeah. yeah. I know. Isn't it strange? And, yeah. you know, even growing up, like I said, you know, we all, it was just sort of a joke. Like, you know, we didn't think anything of it. We didn't know at the time. Um, and then finally, you know, now that we know what we know, um, it's like so many things start to make sense, you know, like why, why we all look different. And, um, even the two in the middle that are actually full sisters, they don't quite look that much alike. Um, so that's, you know, been kind of a a strange situation. They have not done much searching. Uh, Mm Um, one of them got in touch with a first cousin, uh, but that was really about it. They just haven't been very interested. Um, mm-hmm. but like the youngest sister, uh, she's totally gotten into the whole thing, especially because she's the one that has the the father that we we know the family. Um, and so she got in touch with her half siblings. And, you know, she's gone to the family reunion. Um, you know, she's been in touch with them. She's much younger than her half siblings. Um, and so um that's been, you know, a, a fairly good situation for her you know, to have that, um, you know, acceptance and, and those relationships, you know, with her half siblings. So uh, that's been pretty positive. Beth, I should mention at this point that um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, that they can just do so through the podcast. And I will make sure and pass anything along and respect your anonymity and your families. But um, they just want to email npestories at gmail.com. Beth's story, episode 66. And Beth, do you have anything else you'd like to share today? Um, No, I just, you know, really want to thank you. Um, I I just, one quick thing I wanted to just mention real fast is I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, birth certificate father and biological mother and, and things like that. And for me personally, because I have been in the situation where I'm a birth mother, um, you know, my, my daughter has two mothers and I have two fathers and it's just, you know, I figure any, the more love you can get, the better. So, you know, I really, um, am, am very happy to have multiple parents. Um, you know, I might not be happy with some of their decisions or their responses, uh, but they're still, you know, parents. So that's all. I'm very happy to talk to anybody. If there's any questions, certainly open to that. Thank you again, Beth, for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.